Welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go! You're wasting time! Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is Jakey Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Frank. Hello. Hello. Test one, two, three. Flip. Flip, Flipadelphia. Flipadelphia, really? Yeah. <laughs> All right, what are we doing here, guys? We're hey. talking about some sort of movie that came out recently. I don't feel like talking about a movie. Let's talk about. Let's sort characters yes. and do bit by bit. Yes. <laughs> I love that idea. Up next, creature. Creature. Mm. Oh, he's a Slytherin, but he could so? be Hufflepuff. Do you think he's a Slytherin? I think he's a Hufflepuff. Well, I mean, his mind sort of went at some point, so who knows what he was previous to that. He's he's loyal above all. I think I think how he would probably oh he is loyal. That's very true. It is an underlying quality. Yeah, never mind. He's Hufflepuff. Mm. Okay, now Dobby. All right, no, no, no. <laughs> this is crazy. Dobby's Gryffindor. Bye. <laughs> you said Dobby. It's too soon. Mm, it's too soon. This is our first podcast after all seeing Deathly Hallows. We haven't even discussed it with Frankie yet. I know. Most and yeah, I because everyone's so far away from me this time. Oh, well, you had to go be responsible and stuff. I know. Doodles. Well, Doodles is over there in Podcast West Coast Studios. Most and I are in Podcast New York Studios. Yes, it's so rarely used these days. It is so rarely used, but we are here anyhow. We're going to basically just talk all about the Deathly Hallows movie and what we liked and the very few things we might not have liked. So are we not doing any news or anything else? This is just There's Deathly Hallows reaction. Nothing You're as correct. important as this. Yeah, this is just Deathly Hallows reaction. Except for LeakyCon. Go to LeakyCon. <laughs> LeakyCon.com. Best conference ever to be happen this July. Yeah, and we have to say, we're contractively obliged to say, Darren Chris, Darren Chris, Darren Chris, <laughs> Darren Chris, Darren Chris. Darren. Yeah, but that's not going to help the way that's on YouTube. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, here we go. Okay, Frankie. Frankie, we haven't talked to you at all. This is us hearing from you for the first time what you thought of the film. Because all you wrote on Facebook was, it was good. What did I write? I didn't write that on Facebook. Was no, it, it was a text message. I'm oh. like, Frankie, did you see Deathly Hallows? How was it? Like, it was good. Like, Frankie. Well, I, mind you, I was exhausted and at work. So I was tired and distracted. Yeah. And it was one of the things that, yeah, I knew we were going to be talking about like this. So whatever. Yeah. Um, I loved do? it. I mean, I really did like this. Because if few things that I could be like, oh, I imagined it different because it's just the book and it was yeah. like Dobby's death in my in my head was a lot more dramatic than the movie, but it's because it's a book and it's a dramatic element and it exists in your head, your head and your heart when you're reading it. And so seeing it on film is always going to be wow, like... Wow, it was more dramatic You thought it was you? more it, dramatic in the book? Yeah, like wow. I cried in the book. Oh, I, oh cried. I didn't I cry in the book. I cried like, a, I cried like a lunatic in the movie. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it got in my... I was in my head more with the book. Well, I so. read the book very, very fast first. See, so I don't read fast. To get me to stop and really absorb it, so maybe that's why you cried at the book. Yeah, because I can't read fast. I can't do that. I wish I could read fast, but the locket, oh my gosh, was amazing. I loved uh. it. That was so creepy and great. Like, it was, I loved it. I love the contrast, and I will adjust things that I would not change, but just things that I can we talk? Can we talk about our nitpicks first? Get that out of the way. Okay, yeah, why don't you guys go first? No, I mean, the Harry-Jenny relationship continues to fail for me Yeah, in, oh. the, in the movie. It just does. I just, I mean, it's not that big of a deal, because it's not that big of a deal in the books either. It's 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 a side plot. It really plot. isn't a huge deal in the books either, is it? But it's still, come on, it's supposed uh, yeah. to be passionate. And this is the second time that it was supposed to be very passionate, and they, they watered it down to barely nothing. And it's like, are they really just, like, help me out in the books, are they at all comfortable with each other at this point? Yeah, or I mean, they, they went out for a few weeks. Or are they still just like, oh, we're kind of unsure? 
sure if we even like each other. No, they were told they went out for a few weeks, and and Harry remembers that time as the best times of his life. Like, yeah, it's not the same. No, it, it was. Yeah, their relationship was supposed to be extremely comfortable and beautiful because they were. He's best friends with Ron. Grew up with her a little bit. There was an awkward. The only awkward phase was probably in the beginning of book six when he liked her and she was dating other people. Right. Other than that, and then he when he was worried about Ron's perception. That's the only awkward time because they have a. They should have a very comfortable easy relationship the fact that when he came up to her and said oh we gotta leave like i knew you would that just speaks of how comfortable the relationship would be you know what i mean not this awkward oh case kiss they could watch and then they had to bring fred and uh george in there just for humor to, to make the, the to make that scene bearable right it was awkward it was very awkward in the book it's and she was kissing him like she'd never kissed him before which is like not ex- well. Well, like we said, it is like but she she's never, never kissed, kissed anything before, before in her life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so I don't. Want, they're fine young actors and everything. It's not. I, I think I think this was a direction thing that went badly wrong. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. It's pro- it might be a Bonnie Wright thing. Not to be mean to Bonnie, but because Daniel Radcliffe has proven himself as a, a reasonably talented actor. Yeah, like ten Very times talented. over in this movie for sure. And oh, especially with him kissing, I don't mean to be mean to Bonnie. It could be very much be a director's thing as well. Maybe they're just directing Bonnie to just be like this timid little, timid little. Thing. Except zip me up, will you? And her dress is down to her butt. Like what? I know. Yeah, like, I was like, that's why. That's just so awkward. That's that, that's why that stuff's so awkward because like she'll it's, do the it's, whole like let me tie your shoes suggestively. Let me like yeah yeah. Know, back to you. Right. Let me tie your shoes like, so my head is level. Like, let's, let's Let me not forget how many like stories up in this borough her bedroom is to have to walk down just to give this little moment to yeah, Harry exactly. like Yeah, exactly. Like, and then it's like... <laughs> it's like, oh, it kind of seems, seems silly to have a wedding, doesn't it? Oh, okay, should we do a little kiss again? Kissy right, kiss. Here, kiss, I, kiss. here I come. And we've gotten emails too from people that are like, you're so mean to Bonnie, I don't even understand why you don't understand that it's the directors that are just making it like this. And it's like... Okay, it could be then. Then we're mad at both Bonnie and David yeah. Gates. Sorry. So just, it's not the fact that we're, it's not directing to anybody in particular. We're, we're, we're annoyed with the performance and whoever blamed that lies on whatever. And I know we're not making movies and blah, 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 yeah. but we're just talking here. Okay. So yeah. All right, so let's move on from the Harry Genie fail. And what else was fail in this movie? Okay, well, speaking of relationships, uh, now, I've been thinking a lot about this since my first and second viewing of, of the film, and the whole dynamic between Ron, Hermione, and Harry, and how there are, you know, certainly lots of awesome Ron and Hermione moments in this. Like, they're setting this up, you know, perfectly for, you know, the payoff at the end when they have their kiss and everything. But there's also, for whatever reason, a little bit of extra a- ambiguity between Hermione and Harry not even to complain about that cute little scene where they start dancing oh, in the it's tent, adorable. which turns out to be a, a great, cute, little, lighthearted scene. But my my major nitpick is after the most amazing and beyond my imagination locket scene, which was so freaking cool. And, you know, to have that culminate with exactly how you would think, like, a 17-year-old boy's, like, worst nightmare would be, like, to have his friend and, you know, the girl that he, he loves, like, just completely going at it and ridiculous over-the-top way. But for have that all the end, they have Harry watch all of them and not to give his line from the book where it's like... Yeah, she's, my, says, she's like my sister. Exactly. Thought like It's knew. not like that, Ron. Like she, She's a sister to me. Give me a oh. break. And that one little line there, I feel like that, that squashes every other future worry that Ron would have about Harry and Hermione because they, they totally built that up before the locket yeah. too. Like, seeing, like, that's one of the reasons that Ron was angry when he left 
left is he felt like he was with Hermione, and Harry does nothing. I can see ever. them maybe keeping that ambiguity there until the second film. Maybe that's why. I feel like maybe that, maybe that line is going to. I that's the, that could be that that right there. The locket is obviously the climax of that story arc. Yeah, but there still needs to be some conclusion to it, and so they, I could see that maybe happening. I feel like I worry that like you know I hope this isn't the case, but I feel like there was someone in there who was all like. Look how popular them Twilight movies are when the girl can't decide which... What's with the southern accent, girl, John? These know. are British people. What, maybe there's some creepy southern guy that doesn't creepy belong southern over guy. there. He's like, the girl can't decide if she wants the vampire no, or the look, werewolf, and sells. everybody gets all excited about right. that. So maybe Harry can be into that, too, because surely Ginny's not very interesting to this audience. So. I mean, the envy, the envy thing sells, the, but the, this is not what sold these books, and I understand... Yeah. It's just it's just it's it's unfortunate because Harry would at very absolutely at that moment reassure his best friend yeah. that he's got nothing. I mean because it's shocking to Harry too to see that come out of the I would locket. Think it would be very shocking yeah. to Harry too. And and Harry, you know, if I can forget everything I've known from re- having read Deathly Hallows, Harry looks like he's trying to come up on Hermione many times in this movie. Yeah, he does. He does. Like, he does. after that cute little dance which you could see Sorry. as just this very nice little platonic way of trying to cheer up his good friend. They have like this lingering moment where yeah, everybody in the theater is like holding their breath like oh my god they better not change it this much to have them kiss that would be ridiculous Hermione like turns her head and walks off and Harry looks disappointed like Harry like well but I think Harry think also looks disappointed because he, he thought he was cheering her up and then she got back immediately back to her gloom so like I can understand that and I do love the scene it's a great aspect of their friendship and their friendship is more beautiful than a romantic relationship yeah so I'm glad they did it but yeah yeah they really went a little bit too ambiguous with that stuff here yeah i mean in speaking of the awkward moments and stuff i don't know i'm not the best when it comes to music but i didn't really care for the score oh really, oh, really? no I've i just that I, really there were too many people I, there were too many moments like i love it when music leaves a moment and when you're left with just the characters and it's really raw i love that when it comes to film but i feel there was like too many of them in this movie because like i noticed when i and like and i don't right I don't, you shouldn't notice and basically i don't pick up on music that's like the one form of art that i am t- completely dense to like i can't analyze it i can't i just i just experience it and so the fact that i noticed it yeah kind of bothered me i didn't notice uh, it i was too busy at all the eye candy i couldn't stop yeah, yeah. and like you know me i love eye candy i can you know, that's a huge distraction for me you know me so like I, the fact that i noticed the music a few times and i think i noticed the music because it linked some of the stuff lingered between the characters too too long like, I think you could probably cut a good five minutes of just them standing around staring at each other with no music. No, I mean, the silence sometimes is fun. Yeah, silence like, is I know. ineffective. I know. I understand positive-negative space ratio and, like, you need the story beats and you need all that kind of stuff. I get that. There's just a f- I need to probably see it one more time because I've only seen it once. But that's probably, that's my biggest beef. Is there any specific like, moment you can recall that seemed like it lingered a little bit too long? No, because yeah. it all, it's all like when, they, when they're standing around in, in the cave. I mean, not in the cave, in the tent. Yeah. But, of tent moments when like and it was it, I get it what, they're, what they were doing with the whole like they're sad Ron's gone it was a montage ish um, like kind of walking around tying scarves around trees and like no, that, that's that was great. really that's beautiful interesting. no that that's interesting cool. that was beautiful I really enjoyed that a lot especially she, when Emma Once did that really great when, yeah. when they disapparated and then she started crying yeah that was that was great I love that like I get goosebumps thinking about it because that was just very Hermione that was perfect because once she did that disapparated she realized the weight of that decision that she just did she yeah. 
yeah. she knew that okay I'm not going like there's no way him getting back so I really like she did that beautifully I mm. loved that and so I'm probably going to have to watch it again and I could just be, you know I could just be hypercritical but there was a few moments that there was, it was just kind of like alright okay you just said a line and it's been 45 seconds <laughs> um, I mean like there is like I've always had the criticism here and there with these movies and with just a little bit of the ensemble acting that they have this sort of feel of someone <laughs> someone on set is doing something let's all turn and watch them with like that's a, a very British face. thing it's a very British like if that's normal out there fine but no, it's, like it's normal for the art I don't know if it's normal for the people <laughs> Like you know, if I if I walk <laughs> dinner, everybody come watch her. Like they all, they all come back into the borough, right? And they see George with like bleeding, his ear gouged and out, and everything. And they're just like, let's stand here and see if somebody else will say something about this. Wouldn't they all have their own unique reaction? Like, oh my God, George! Oh God, are you okay? Holy crap! Did you see? Look at his ear! Oh God! You know, yeah. like they would all be. They wouldn't just be standing there like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, Dude, bloody like, ear! How stoned are they all at this moment? They just. <laughs> Stand there and like, wow. They're not stoned, John. This is ridiculous. This is crazy. Like, let's see what Mrs. Weasley has to say. No. Or let's listen to what Fred joked. He might tell a joke. There are moments like that and other moments, a lot more of them in the other earlier films. <laughs> they just well, stand there and just kind of wait for something. But To move to another one, um, no explanation of where the heck that mirror came from, which is half good, because it's sort of like like John says, they just they just sort of hit a reset button. We're like, well, we don't care that we never yeah. explained this. Just pretend we did in another movie. Yeah, I'm totally <laughs> on board with anything to do with any of those. Like, oh crap, we forgot to, you know, have Dobby in the other movies. Well, let's bring him back like he's always been here. Like, fine. Like, let's bring the mirror around. Really knife twisting. Dobby will always be here for Harry Potter. What? Yeah. <laughs> we all yeah, see that? Oh. knew that was coming. I'm like, I know what's gonna happen. You're not gonna do this to me. <laughs> as soon as he said, they said that, I'm like, oh, come on. Somebody just really enjoyed twisting that knife. Yeah. Steve Clovis, thanks a lot. <laughs> Dobby will always be here for Harry Potter for they the next him, five minutes. They give him some of the best dialogue, the best jokes. Like, like of they course did. I can operate and out here. I'm an elf. <laughs> you moron. You morons. <laughs> <laughs> and then watching him untwist the chandelier. That was great. Yeah, it did. It did. Cute. That, that was like great. That Peeves did. He's just so that? calm. He's just up there going twist, twist, twist. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, with his little, little, his little shoes, his little workman boots. Name. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mame or kill. Seriously injured. Seriously injured. <laughs> Seriously injured. <laughs> I love him so much. Uh, what are else? Are, are, there, are there any other big big nitpicks? Are we getting them all the way here? Well, here's something else. Everybody's um, like, you turn the mics on and all you do is complain. No, but we're getting it out of the way so that we can okay. effuse later. There is no, no thought, no discussion to Harry around... Do I run after the Horcruxes? Do I run after the Hollows? There's nothing. I feel like that's how they're going to start the next one. It though. might be, yeah. but yeah, but, but Voldemort. It might. Harry is now now does not have the choice to let Voldemort go for the wand or not. Voldemort has the wand. Harry never ruminated on. Do I race him for the wand? And that's a huge part. Yeah. Of Deathly Hollows. Does he know that he has a wand yet? Yeah. Remember he says to Hermione, he'll he'll have it by the by the end of the night. Oh. There's no. Yeah. I mean that thought process. That do I run after the Horcruxes or the, or the Hollows? Do I do I fight the evil? Or do I seek power? What do I do? That's a huge part of his character, and I'm 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 really certain that they're gonna slow down and be awesome about the opening of, of two, because, especially because the rest of two is gonna be just so much action. But we've lost that now. Yeah. There's no way to get that now. I mean, like, and let's not yeah. forget our awesome podcast we had about Shell Cottage. Like, that's how all this is probably opening, right? Like, all right. those all of those scenes and all the importance of having the Shell Cottage in the story. Is yeah, how but I can see, I, didn't, I never even thought of that. That's a very good point. 
but at the same time, I can see why they would have him get... That's a nice conclusion for the first half, so the audience didn't feel totally just getting right. half a story, But it's you know? as much of one line of, of Harry saying to Ron and Hermione, you know, now that I know about these hollows, I've, I've got to go after them. It's a way to beat him, and Hermione saying, no, Harry, you've got to go after the Horcruxes. That's what, that's what Dumbledore wanted. Like, it, it could have been done. And then the yeah. rest of it is Harry a- anguishing over it, and once Dobby's died, the clarity hits. Mm-hmm. So they could they could have. They could have. But they didn't. It's really, it's really tough because like, well, a lot I'm of sad they stuff, didn't see the knife in Dobby's chest. But I guess I, I can see why they wouldn't do that. <laughs> the general feel that I got from watching this movie is that a this this is definitely not something that I, you know I can bring my little nephews to. No. And this is definitely no. not a kids movie. A lot of this stuff, particularly not even just the violence, but a lot of the dialogue, yep. just goes right over people's heads. And my, my second thought was is like this is going to be really difficult to fully understand and fully appreciate unless you've read the book too because there are a lot of little things in here that people who are familiar with the books will recognize and pick up on and get, understand fully but other oh, things will I just know. be quick little mentions and it'll just zoom right by yeah I went, I went with uh, two friends from my old job like, and they aren't like they pretty much went with me because one of my other friends flaked and so they're not a huge Harry Potter fans but they wanted to hang out so I, hang, I went with them and at the end she, one of my friends she was like I have no idea what was going on <laughs> oh, no. and I was that like oh. oh no <laughs> I was like I'm sorry <laughs> because like even like with the Bathilda backshot stuff they never once said that was yeah. Bathilda backshot it was just they showed a picture of her on the back of a book and then they went and showed her and then the snake attacked yeah like like and, and you you would know that from read the, reading the book, but otherwise, like that's a really hard thing to hear. And like and, and you know, uh, also with that whole deal, the whole conversation Harry has with Philia Stoge and Auntie Muriel at at the wedding, which that scene alone is like, here's our lead character talking to two really old people we've never seen before, and never will talking again. about something that is really sort of you know complicated. The idea that he's talking about contents of an article that in the book we read word for word, but in the movie we just saw Harry pick up and look at remembering Dumbledore yeah. and, and the book and everything. It's funny you bring that scene up because that's that's the first time she leaned over and said, who are they? And like, I was like, we're not going to see them again. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. And like, there's so much information that just gets shouted out about there. Like, you know, and Auntie Muriel is all like, yeah, of course they lived in uh, Godric's Hollow. That's where they went after, you know, the dad killed those three muggles. Like, don't you, don't you know anything about this guy? Like, Harry, I thought, I thought you knew him. And it's like that little tidbit of information probably sort of sits with well, some people we, for a second and they're like, what? Can we pause on that tidbit of information? Killed those three muggles. Not what it says in the book. Yeah. Just attacked. Never says killed. So did Joe Rowling approve that? That she had but to. But no, they, they, they yeah, died. Gossip. Not in the book? Yeah. Did he kill them in the book? Am I wrong? He, he killed them in the book, but it doesn't say that he he murdered. He said he attacked three muggles and then it, later on it is revealed, I think, I'm I'm pretty. That, I'm like ninety five percent sure that he killed them. Yeah, well, we, we'll, were, we'll check. But what it doesn't say is what he what, what they did to her. Yeah, it doesn't say what okay. they did to her. Maybe like that's, that's maybe I misremembered sure that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's for sure not said because that's one of those things that like some people think like she was like, raped and stuff like that. Well, yeah, so I like, don't... is this pretty much Joe's way of not having to like write the word rape in her book? Is to leave it. I'm 
pretty like sure open. that she's not afraid of doing that, but it just might have introduced, if that's the case, introduced so much, so many other levels that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, and it's, it's one of the things that, like, the ambiguity there is almost like has a strange beauty to it, rather than having to spell it out. Right. And one of those things that, like, you know, and you know, kids are going to read these books. Like, if you don't want to introduce that concept too early to them, because it's horrible, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's super horrible, and like the idea of like yeah. what that <laughs> introduces to like a family dynamic, and like the, how that might change some of like Albus's like early. And it's such like, a touchy subject, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, and when you think about, like, like, what would have been so intense that would have changed someone like Albus Dumbledore to temporarily entertain some of the ideas that G- G- Grindelwald was having about muggles, like, it would have been something that, that I don't really think hit him personally. Changed. I think it's just that was part of his growing up, and he realized, wow, okay, that's the wrong path to go down. Um, uh, what else? Do we have other nitpicks and stuff that we want to go over before we get into what we loved about it? We never figured out what Tonks's big news was, because Mad Eye interrupted her, and she I love never, Mad-Eye. He never was great. brought it back up. He was Mad-Eye great. bugs me. <laughs> oh, Mad-Eye. Well, you don't have to worry You're about like, him anymore, Frank. Like, oh, I know. Mad-Eye's dead. <laughs> it's so horrible. It's like, all right. Now, guys, oh, he, he didn't take Mad-Eye's eye. He did. Oh, yeah. He did. I think he did. I think when I looked back at the door, I think it was empty. I, I, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was empty when you look mm. back at the door. Like when all right, everybody. When they when he says that Mad Eye's dead, I want you just to stand around and look around. Like now, what are we gonna do? <laughs> no, no, nobody react. I think the biggest reaction was like Remus, like kind of slumps his shoulders, like Aw. <laughs> like that sucks. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> like they had this fun little thing, like where everybody like were doing shots and toasts of Mad Eye in the book. I, it was like, well, ah, screw Mad Eye. Something I, I don't understand is why they even bothered with Bill explaining how he got a scar. Oh, it I took know. so much time. It's oh, like, just remember he likes his steaks rare. Ha ha. Yeah, oh, I still love you, my dear. And the funny thing is that Fleur is speaking in a totally non-French accent when she was Fleur, but when she was Harry, then yeah. it was then it was then she had a completely French accent. <laughs> look that. at me, I'm idiots. <laughs> I'm idiots. I'm idiots. Don't look at me. Okay, we can nitpick as much as we want yeah. over the next year year or so. So yeah, what? I can't remember anything standing out. So now no. it's just uh, yeah, now it's I mean, just love. First so of all, can I just say Ron, 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 Ron is actually Ron in this yeah, film. Yeah, he's yeah that's true. Film. He's Ron. He has. Moments where he's a support mechanism to Harry. He he's brave. He's funny without being you know what like like stupid. Mm-hmm. It's Ron. It's Ron. Oh, so funny, exciting. not circumstantially funny. And when he says like hell, I'm like yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Ron has a spine in these movies. Yeah. In this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, for sure. So great. Yeah, like the whole idea of Ron acting like Ron or Rupert acting like we shouldn't have to be so grateful for it. Like it sucks that we're so happy about it, but like let me forget that. Like the very last moment we see Ron previously in the movies, like he's just sitting down, letting Hermione do all of the talking and everything. All of the emotional support that Ron usually gives. Yeah, like so. What the hell happened between turning camera off for the last time on six and turning it on for seven for them to wake up and realize, wait a minute, like there's a lot more to this character here like for the very first time we see him talk to harry and in, in seven here he is the one to come out of the burrow and to talk harry and coming back in and to say really insightful crap like yeah. do you think they died for you this is bigger than you like yeah. you are the chosen one and you will help end all of this they died for this you. cause yeah. like and that's coming from ron this is hermione-esque wisdom that usually right. comes from hermione character in the film coming from ron. see but this is the thing this is the difference ron has always been wise hermione's always been smart and the wisdom yeah. has always been given to hermione in the movies where ron has a lot of the wisdom 
wisdom in yeah. the books. Yeah. He is the one. He is the one born in the magical world. He's always had. He's always been able to impart knowledge based on having lived the magical life his whole life, instead of you know Harry and Hermione coming into it at ten, eleven, and uh, and he is the one to to talk Harry out out of, out of leaving here already. And it's like beautiful. Like this, someone did hit the reset button. They're like, forget about how we used to have all these characters act. Like this is how they're gonna act from this point on. And that's why like this movie is far and away my favorite Harry Potter movie and why a lot of people already at this point are saying this is the only true Harry Potter movie to exist. Like all these previous movies were some nice attempt at at visualizing the books but this is the only one that actually really has done it right across the board. And I I honestly think that's a function of of the two films. You know they could have never ever ever split all the films. No no way not a chance it would have made things so long we would have had to change actors it's just not not feasible. But the fact that they did split this film and you notice it in how much of it is lifted straight from the book, first of all. Yeah. So much of the dialogue is just cut and paste, right? Yeah. Not, yeah. not to say that Stephen Clovis didn't have a huge job in front of him, but, you know, well, let's not choose. knock the no, integrity and wisdom not? of what it's, she wrote. And it's what we've always wanted to have done, too. Like, no one's gonna c- complain and be like, oh, you just copied out the books. No, 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 you copied like, out the books. Like, hey, thank you. Excellent. Thank you for copying out the books. Joe wrote a lot of dialogue purposefully. Like, <laughs> let them read that. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of it... It's, it's so nice to see how much of it how much of it translates so well. Yeah. Like the the holy joke really is was really mm-hmm. funny. Was you know, cool. don't look, Bill. I'm hideous. Was really yeah. really yeah. funny. You know, a lot of it really did translate beautifully. What, what, what were some high moments for you guys in the entire film? Oh, the high moments for me. As much as the whole Hedwig's thing changes and compromises the whole Expelliarmus, and that does really bother me on a character level. Yeah, it does for me. As but well. I really really loved the concept of just Hedwig trying to protect Harry. Yeah. So I mean that was that was so beautiful. I mean like I just I really I almost like that better than him being in a cage just getting killed. Oh well, he's dead. Like I love the yeah. fact that uh, she got a little bit of bravery in there to kind yeah. of protect Harry. And the fluttery really, wing sound as she fell. Yeah, oh that, my god. Yeah, that was ah, great. that was very I mean, good, Frankie. Like it is, I mean, the way Joe wrote it obviously I think it feels like it's more true to real life even though real life we're talking about on a flying motorcycle or whatever, but like how death can just happen abruptly and unexpectedly and you don't always get your heroic moment like I, I I support their decision here and I feel I feel like it it paid off real well and it was a nice way to say you know goodbye to Hedwig <laughs> it is really like abrupt when you and when Hedwig's you read it been a big book. part of just the, the visual storytelling that they've used in the film yeah like with like especially what in the fourth one that was one of the good, the good parts of the fourth no it was the fifth yeah. when yeah when he fly around and it becomes snowy like like he's and even in the first one too like yeah. he's been like a, Hedwig has been the bringer of the montage and and I, I like the fact that we got one last flight of Hedwig yeah I would have liked a little bit of Mrs. Weasley being like Harry where, where's yeah. Hedwig well, Hag- Hagrid's <laughs> the one who does it in the book oh is it yeah Hagrid's oh, one right. where's Hedwig and Harry says you know she got hit Harry and Hag- Hagrid just like squares his shoulders he's like you know she had a good old life yeah. that was it like, I guess we couldn't give more love to Hedwig than we could give it to Mad Eye, and we're gonna ignore. Oh, I liked. I've totally forgot the cats are going to be in her office when I heard that. Meow! I was like, yes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I, I was hoping we'd see a cat. Oh, I love she's, her office. She's just. Gross. Did you see some of the crap in there? Like when Muggles attack. I love the, the novels attack. written about like how deluded is she? Like 
<laughs> do you think like that. she believes in this crap, or do you think like she just keeps attack. us around like to help support their agenda? Like they're really not that stupid to think that muggles are just up and stealing wands and like yeah. pretending they're not to that be. stupid. Oh like, my gosh, that was so frustrating. She's like, yeah. who stole your wand? No, who yeah. did you take this wand from? Exactly. Yeah. Which which or wizard did you take this wand from? I love I love it when she just caught the spell right to the face from like the yeah. morphing back into Harry Runcorn uh, there. It was just hysterical. I feel like they got out of there a little too easy. Like the head of Muggle, the, the law enforcement, it was just though, takes hilarious. it right to the chest every time. It was great though that they were just standing there as themselves in the mi- smack in the middle. And it was right that they didn't get recognized right away. It doesn't. It's they're so out of yeah. context that nobody would admit immediately turn around and be like, "Oh my exactly. god, it's Harry Potter." It does. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like a slow dawning. I thought it was. Yeah. I thought that was handled really. And I love yeah, the they kiss. Had to announce it's Harry Potter like three oh times. Oh my god, Ron kissing the wife of Catermole. Yeah, that was really great. Yeah. And Hermione's reaction was hysterical. <laughs> She's like, "What? <laughs> Excuse me." <laughs> and then when they, when Catermole, I feel like, "Who's that?" <laughs> yeah, that was. Awesome. I liked uh, Umbridge's Patronus, even though it wasn't fluffy. But still, no, powerful still... freaking Patronus yeah, yeah. to hold up like a, over a dozen Dementors. Just how come she's the around. only Ministry official in the room that had a Dement that had a Patronus? Isn't everybody else? Is, is it just of... because like no, it's just her in the book because enough? in hers it's the cat's walking back and forth in front of the Dementors, and yeah. I really liked it because it's such a little cat move. Yeah, just kind of walking back and forth and pacing, Prowling, yeah, cleaning. Total, and then, total and, Muchka move. And then it's one of those things that Harry they mentions how it was disgusting to Harry that she got so much pleasure out of this that right. that's what was. Eating her yeah. her Patronus because that's right. why because like yeah. the Patronus like, she was so happy here like <laughs> that's what was feeding it to be so powerful so I really enjoyed that now now what, knowing what we know about the locket's effect on Harry Ron and Hermione do, what were we suppose- oh no Cl- no Germano or whatever I wanted to see them duplicate the spell I know they don't need to but I just really wanted to see that spell <laughs> what do we think its effect on Umbridge was well we discussed this in the books I mean when we talked about it when we were going over the book like it doesn't need to affect her very much it probably just makes no her it doesn't affect her the, would, would the, the locket want to be with somebody like well Umbridge? she just she just found pleasure in it yeah. whether it affects her or it doesn't need to you can argue the fact that it doesn't need to infect her because she's already doing malicious things already and obviously the, the, the three of the trio is an obvious threat to the locket so obviously it's going to do its best to you know to, mm-hmm. to affect who it's around so it's it's in threatened mode so this one it's kind of like don't bring attention to myself and I'm already at a host that wouldn't even feel it if I if I was trying to affect her yeah. okay Horcrux, speaking of the locket part, Horcrux scene freaking amazing that was my fa- that's my favorite scene yeah. that oh was the one I was most looking forward to seeing too because like I just remember just from having read that and re- seeing fan fiction or fan art about how that was all supposed to look like this just blew me away like they open the thing up and they just get knocked off their feet and this thing just comes out looking like tar yeah I mean it's like tar and smoke and I love the yeah. contrast between just kind of like the gross part with like they said porcelain these pearl people in there oh my god it was amazing and then Hermione like she was all like how could a woman ever want you that was great like yeah. I'm the only thing that bothered me a little bit is they were wearing like shirts and then all of a sudden the shirts were gone. That's fine. It's fantasy. It's not, you know, I, I think that was actually kind of cool. The whole time. No, I think that was kind of cool. They, you think they should have kept their shirts or should have never had shirts? Either one. Because, well, like, if they had never had shirts, then we couldn't have done, like, the front on shots no, they that we would have had. You could have. But you, you could have with smoke around it. Out. But it would have just been, like, I think so bright you wouldn't see the Also, her hair changes. Her hair changes to have flowers in it and stuff. And yeah. it's, it's it's really, yeah. I thought it was well, I mean, really I, awesome. I, I imagine that as, like, the Horcrux trying to just up the ante at that point. Yeah. It's like, this is not doing it, not doing it. All right. Yeah, here, not how doing about it. This? Let's add some new to the Yeah, here you go. No, but that was my favorite scene in. 
in probably maybe all the movies. Maybe so all the far. movies for me yeah. as well. That was beautiful. Just that I mean, blossoming that was smoke terrible. coming out, and it's horrifying. And it, right from the book, I have seen your heart, and it is mine. There's no better line than that. Thank God. Don't change it. I, th- yeah. you know? I think that is definitely my favorite visual effect in all the films. C- coming up very close with the, uh, you know, Order, Order of the Phoenix, all of the kids doing their um, animal patronuses. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good one. I'm like, all very... Very cool stuff, and this is this is kind of a similar fact, just at a much larger, more intense scale. Just seeing the the smoky figures, and speaking of Patronuses, all the other Patronuses in this movie, the doe, mm-hmm. was beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, but it was so blue. For some reason, I imagined it more white. Well, they were white in previous incarnations, but again, they like, just hit the reset button. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I like the blue a little better. Well, they were blue like, in the fifth one. Like, that's why I started using blue to color mine. It's yeah. like, you know, it is, like, I like seeing shades of blue more than I'd like to see, like, shades of, like, white and grays, like, on a, on a Patronus. I don't know, yeah, I just... But, like, I love how it just kind of walks off, and you can see, like, different parts of the body from different angles or whatever of the... The, the only, the only the thing is that we're not going to... Like, there's no way that Snape knew where they were. There's no way. How, yeah, how would he know? Because we had Phineas Nagellus last time in the book. Right. Here, that, that doesn't exist. From Aberforth. Unless it was from Aberforth. I was wondering what, like, because I was a little bothered by not having Phineas, but then I'm like, well, what did he actually do? Of course, that's what brought... But maybe I totally, it is Aberforth. I totally forgot. Maybe Phineas it is Aberforth. Maybe Aberforth in this incarnation will be in on it, and Harry was looking at the mirror right before the dough showed up. He do- was looking at the mirror. Yeah. Just then. So maybe. I guess that's there. The magical mirror. The magical mirror. Came out of the, the mirror ex machina. That's what that yeah, is. It's, like, it's like, okay, we're about ready to start filming. Uh, Harry, just hold on to this and we're going to tell you what to do with it. I like when Luna's like, that's a funny thing to have in your sock. Yeah, I don't know. It was like cutting him and everything, I know. too. He's just like, Harry. Play. Where did Hermione's bag go during Malfoy Manor? And how come they they all well, had they their items? The, they had the sword, they had the snitch. So where's Hermione's bag? Well, they said they, need they that. searched the bag. That's where they found the sword. They're like, well, they saw the snitch fly. The they they the sword. So does, does she not have the bag? Does she not have the bag for the rest of the time? Oh. Does she need anything in that bag? Uh, I think. I mean, did they find they have the basilisk fangs to kill Harry supposed to have a bag? His the moke skin the from skin. yeah, but the, you know he needs the halves of his wand unless they're not even gonna bother. Oh, remember she uh, she stuck it in her sock. Yeah, but that's in the book. Yeah, so may- we haven't had that exposition yet. So Maybe. it could be just stuffed in her sock. Yeah, but how did they search it then if she stuffed it in her sock? Search was, what? was that the, the stuff sword? they had out with them at the time? The sword was yeah. The sword was never put away. Was the snitch had, put away? The snitch flew out of someone's pocket. I know, but how did they get... Was the snitch away? Was the snitch out before they got caught? No, because I remember noticing the fact that they showed the snitch fly out of somebody's pocket. Yeah. And, and they, no, they I, know I know that. I know that. When did that happen? Was the snitch out of the bag before they got caught for it to go into somebody's pocket? That's the question. Like, how did the yeah, snitch no, okay. get the snitch? Jer- uh, Harry had been holding the snitch the whole time. And they, remember, he would just keep looking at it, put it away, look at it, put he, it away. Right right immediately before they got caught? No, I mean, he never... Could've I mean, in Harry's pocket. He, like, Harry. It was always in Harry's pocket. It was never in Hermione's bag. Okay. I like how they made made the snitch into like Harry's new little pet it's like Hedwig's gone but the snitch will come out and say I like that I think that was a really interesting little I like uh, that they held out the, the exposition of, of when Harry realizes that he didn't catch the snitch in a normal way yeah. you know because he realizes right away in the book alright what else are our favorite bits oh uh, Tahabi oh my I hate gosh, to say Dobby. that the Dobby's bits is one of my favorites but like it went, as far as looking at like I saw the film for the first time with Bree and Edward but I was looking forward to see it a second time with all my friends too was uh, how they would react to that scene <laughs> Because it was it's just one of my big worries before this came out was like, you know, getting to care about a character that we hadn't seen in so darn long. And they they just they gave him so much cute little stuff to do and funny stuff to do that when this came along and after the rescue and everything and 
the dialogue with Bellatrix and stealing Narcissa's wand, and mm-hmm. it was all. Oh, she didn't so say you dirty perfect. little monkey. It's a great line from the book. You dirty little monkey. <laughs> it was a fabulous line. I was waiting for her to do it. She did. Bellatrix like took it down a notch, and yeah, it was better. She did a great job. Yes, it was much better. So much better. So much better. How about her like, torturing Hermione and carving mud blood <gasps> into the? Oh my gosh, that was great. That like, was I mean, Hermione. That was Emma and and what's her names? That was Emma and uh, Helena Bonham Carter's call. They they said as they were doing the scene, what if she what if she carved mud blood into the arm? Cool. And they were like, yes, let's do it. I really like that. Was that was great? Some of Emma's best acting, I think that. And when Ron got splinched, oh my was god, like I know. Oh, when Ron got seen. splinched, that was so good. I I, so I, Rupert I was and I Emma was just kicked up. ass at that. Like I I totally cried at that. Like there were so many parts I cried at when I saw this the first time. And just first of all, the acting on all three of them is just oh yeah. I mean, David Yates is. Let's give credit where credits due. People don't get that much better over one year. David Yates must have pulled amazing performances out of these mm-hmm. kids. Not that they were ever bad; they were always good. This is just totally but surpassed. All three of them did a lot of additional right. movies in the middle right. of all this too, where they've had a lot of more training and everything. Just so much more natural. I think Rupert was the best in this film. A lot of people think that Emma was the best in this film, but I really it's think a, it's Rupert. It's so close. Yeah, but uh, Rupert's yeah, always been. Rupert. Emma's the most improved, you yeah, know. Definitely the most the most noticeable with just how different things were with with Ron. You give Rupert a lot of credit. Oh, I forgot right about there. that though with the splinching. That was the beautiful. Splinching. Oh, it was oh, really it the was way, so her reaction to it was just too. yeah, but her like it wasn't yeah. over the top. It wasn't un, it wasn't it was believable. It was you know it was great. It was like her trying to retain enough composure to do what had to be done, but just right. freaking the hell out because right. it's it's her Ron, you know, and he's all convulsing here like in pain, and she's the only one that. Can and fix that or like he's gonna die and it's like holy crap I cried from the very first moment when she started obliviating that was it I was yeah. sobbing I was a mess yeah I was, I was laughing at me what an amazing way to start that movie yeah. too because Th- that was I really liked that too that was very you know what's touching. funny is I leaned over to my friend and I, I kind of told her I was like like she just raised her parents memories and she's like I got that <laughs> <laughs> it was very obvious I think the pictures really help uh, all of that did and, you hear uh, them talking about Australia right before she did it yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, oh, Australia, that looks interesting. Right at that moment. And know? I like how they had some callbacks to that moment, too, in the movie, where, like, Hermione's in the Forest of Dean, and she's talking about how, you know, like, I came here with my parents, and uh, it looks just the way it was, but nothing's the same, and they wouldn't even remember it now, and they wouldn't even remember me. And it's like, of course, like, of course Hermione's still thinking about this, because it's just like how Ron's still thinking about his family. And, you know, Harry's got all the things on his mind, and it's like, they don't, they didn't drop any balls in this movie. Like, they just kept it all going, and <laughs> no balls were dropped no in balls Harry Potter were and dropped. Deathly Hallows no balls Part were 1. Dropped. How about Xenophilius Lovegood? I liked him. A little young, but I liked him. A little young. He did, he did seem young, but Luna's Luna's but he's young, only man. young because all the other adults are so old. Yeah. yeah. Was Luna taken, you think, before the beginning of the school year? Possible. It's possible. Because, I mean, it would have been a nice long time for him to get so deranged and so upset about her Yeah, I think parents. it'd be one of those things that, for the film, I think it'd be better if she was taken before the school year. And because you don't get the time scope as you do when right. you're in a book. You, right. you don't have that in, like time investment as much. They also so don't think, really explain how everybody knows that the the word is te- the, the name is taboo. Like, that's how he called the Death Eaters there, is that he said Voldemort. That's right. That the crow that called. I don't know. I thought I the crow was going to call him too, but the crow turned into the montage of because the feather fell. Yeah, and that's how it ended as well. It shattered into crows. So that was that was their visual like bringing in the three brothers. Yeah. But it was. I mean, he said Voldemort, then they came yeah. in. So I like that. I don't know why they had to beat up the dude's house though. I thought they were just trying to find Harry. I know. Why would like, you blow up the bomb house? Bomb the damn house. <laughs> like, 
Come on. Maybe they're just getting more and more desperate. What do we think of all the explanation of Horcruxes and the Voldemort flashbacks and the Voldemort and the, the seeing into Voldemort's mind stuff? I liked how they did it, and I liked how they retained the whole like Harry shouldn't be in the mind like this. Right. Like I thought you were going to black this out. It's and, supposed to have yeah. stopped. And like he gives these clear little snippets, but it's not always like just like a like a direct window that he can comfortably sit and watch. Like it's it's still painful and it's still little bits and pieces here and there it's and, and it wasn't like over the top too so i yeah. thought it was very effective yeah it worked i think the his whole flashbacks and his like little dreams and stuff really really they find a nice they finally found like the right recipe for it because we got little snips and then there was a bunch of like scrambles which mm-hmm. the scrambles are great because for a new viewer it just shows like chaos yeah but then the scrambles are good for us too like nerds because we can they'll scramble on things that we're like oh cool you know like yeah. we'll notice things that and it's a good excuse used to kind of just be flippant with some imagery you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah. without having not really needing context it's a good vehicle for that here's a good nip uh, a nitpick related to all that is that we saw what the, the amazing visual of what happened with 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 lucius and harry's wand that was amazing yeah. then nobody yeah. ever wonders what the hell happened there nobody references it it's like it never occurred it's like harry doesn't remember it yeah. and it would have added so much i mean i know we have voldemort being angry at Ollivander, like you know i thought you said another wand would work you know etc 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 but harry should be like how did i how did i manage that what happened i feel like yeah i feel like it's one of those things that i'm so happy was in there and i'm so happy happy we got to see and I would have been upset if there wasn't but that they probably just had like some idea of like we can only explain so much no but I think it would have added to the to the suspense about the elder wand if right. you know, if Harry has this amazing, oh, I see. That's know, interesting. You know? That's that would have been cool if they would have used that to bring some right, some more suspense about Voldemort getting this powerful thing. Which really, it did feel a little bit tacked on. That oh yes, and he's going for this powerful thing. We could have used a little bit more build up to the oh god, he can't get this. How he shouldn't get this? This is terrible. I do think they can probably explain because since they did it, they're probably going to explain it in the next film. They're going to have to somehow. Like Harry will bring it up when he's like when he's talking to Hermione or something, and then. Hermione, of course, will dismiss it like, "Oh, it's not. You can't do that." Or yeah. and then, that, that could be his importance of like, and "That's why I need my wand." Like, it doesn't matter if you have your wand. Yeah, and Harry, but and Hermione immediately believes in the Hollows, which is odd. Yeah, it's probably, Hermione yeah. immediately believes in the Hollows. Does she believe in them? Well, she doesn't not believe in them. She pretty vocally not believes in them in the book. Do they really have an opportunity to discuss it too much yet, though. No. Nope. Yeah, well, so. yes, right after right after Xenophilius, you know, they do. But well, they, this, they, this, there's no time. They they go back from Xenophilius. They go to set up the spells. Boom, snatchers, and they're done. Yeah. So we don't have. Okay, cool. We yeah. don't have time. To to talk about it so hopefully that'll be discussed at Shell that'll be a good excuse to uh, stuff Shell Cottage will be a great place of an exposition really set up for that the Harry show. has the, the, the calm the, the build the the realization because what we've seen of the end stuff in the trailer is that Harry doesn't seem so confident at the end as he is in the book Harry needs to be the freaking master at the end he needs to be a badass he needs to know the, what the outcome of this all is going to be and I need, he needs to start building into that hero right now but isn't like the total like snap where he really becomes like that master and that confident guy after he comes back from seeing Dumbledore in the whole nine three quarters and all that's the end of it but it really starts after Dobby's death it starts in in that in that in that washroom where he's thinking and thinking and thinking and all the revelations are starting to come to him faster and faster yeah it really happens once he abandons the hollows for the horcruxes and a lot of it happens while he's digging Dobby's grave there's a lot of references in the book to him all the things that came to him more terrible than the last when he was digging that grave you know (sighs) 
It's amazing. And this book of grandeur and effects and crazy amounts of plot, the most important things happen when somebody's just doing something so mundane as digging. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's the con- It's the contrast of being able to do it a mundane way when you don't have to. I'm sure we're going to be talking about this forever. What are the other big things that we love? Can we just, can I just say like the whole thing, the whole thing, and thank you to the filmmakers because it's, it's a stunning, fantastic movie that we can really, really be proud of. Absolutely. And it's, you know, we can't say enough about the decision to split this thing up and to take time because like, yeah, it would have been wonderful to have the other movies long like this too, but there's so much in this book that that made it the like so many people's favorite book that like to really do it justice they have to really include so much and not include it in a way that's going to be overwhelming and and as some things may not have gotten addressed because you know god darn it if you did address everything it would get too complicated for just you know a casual movie going audience the fact that you put stuff in there anyway and you put it in there anyway and us that have read about it got to see it mix it yeah they did a great job of just finding like you said finding that balance of because there's no way to put everything in that book in the film and give it justice because it's not just a book it's seven books and it's not just seven books it's seven like it's seven mm-hmm. years of a character's life and all the readers you know like all the connota- all the context in which they read the books and the summers and then all the midnight whatnots and all that kind of yeah. fun stuff that are just being all packaged into one thing and so the fact that they were able to achieve this with the right balance and just like the stuff they had to take out the stuff they had to leave in they did a good job they did a wonderful job. This is extremely. I am super excited for part two. Part two, and like, oh, we didn't even get to talk about the Beatles, the, uh, the brothers. Like, that oh, was, was that? For, for, I thought you would have an absolute heart attack during that. Yeah, I mean that. I Gorgeous. it was one of those things that it was. It was such like I was thinking like they read it. I'm like, are they going to give us some sort of like visual representation of this? And it was like I'm like they're going to have to, or Hermione's not going to read the whole story. Yeah, yeah, right. And all this and like so when they put out the window, I figured oh they're going to fade they're going to fade away and they come back. But the fact they put it in that was awesome. I loved yeah. it. It was so. And cool. not only that, Warner Brothers showed remarkable restraint. Nothing was even hinted at in the press, in yeah. pictures, in anything about that. Yeah, I think we should and try. I and love an that. I love when people have enough confidence in their work that they realize they don't have to show all their high points like pull some punches so when you actually see yeah. it you're surprised it has yeah. impact it's not like you show the you show all the highs and lows and so all we get is in the middle range when we see the film the fact that we got to see all the cool stuff on camera awesome yeah you know i feel like this is one of those films it's so it's so amazing it's going to do so well based on on the back of the books or whatever but it's still not something that people totally unrelated are going to say to somebody oh man you've got to go see harry potter and the deathly hallows i think that's going to happen with two like an inception reaction you know like it's going to be everybody's talking about this amazing just film you tell everybody you know you've got to go see it this is you tell every harry potter fan you know i've got to go see this film i feel like which is a large crowd to pick out of to begin with so i feel like as much as the movies have been improving one after the other or whatever like this gap in time now from having this one out to having part two come out is probably going to see some of the most resurgence of people Mm -hmm. reading the books yeah because five was good six was fine or whatever but none of them have that kind of feel to someone who have maybe never read the books to feel like wow i really have to dig in and see what else was going on there but this one there might be a very good chance of that happening especially now because because people have seen only part one and they really want to understand what's coming up next and I, I, I would not be surprised at all if they got a lot more people involved in reading the book now good the book is underappreciated more people need to read it 
I'm just saying. No, 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 I'm just making a joke. So, we're going to talk about this more. I would love the focus of our next podcast to be the things that we want to go right in number two. Ooh, uh, I like that. Because we're, we've, whatever, we've all yeah. seen one now. It's old news. Time to talk about number two. And, and we, <laughs> whatever. Whatever. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? It's done. Who cares? All of you guys, all of you guys listening, and I'm sure you have all of your thoughts on this on this film, and we love to hear it, and we love to hear it in soundbite form so we can get as many of them as we can. So if you want to tell us. We can have your reaction to our reaction. We'll have our reaction. Yeah, you want to react to our thoughts or do you want to react to the movie? It's fine. Just record yourself talking, you know, know, 20 seconds or less, your reaction. You can either record it to a little MP3 and mail it to staff at pottercast.com or you can do a video response on YouTube to one of our Leaky TV or Pottercast videos and uh, we'll nab them from there and stick them on this next show. Cool. In that case. I guess we get time to peace out, guys. Peace out. Keep twiddling them dials. Power Watch didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, fresh. Oh, I like the um. That's one. Okay, real quick, one more thing to 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 kind of pine over. I really liked the radio. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that was such a great little story yeah. element for him. Like it was, it was like his little like comfort blanket. Yeah, and uh, and it was great because it was a good source of annoyance. Like it was a good physical way to yeah. show that Harry was annoyed at him. That was also. Good, and good can call. I just say one more thing, just about the film as a whole? My my main overarching thing with this film is that it's so brave because in the book they're tired, they're hungry, they're depressed, they're bored, they don't know what they're doing. It's desolate, and you feel that, you, and that's is boring with them. And they made the brave choice of actually representing that in a film instead of filling it with a lot of artificial filler. Mm-hmm. So it's it has the danger to feel draggy and and boring in the middle. And only those who really don't get the story would really think it was that way. But it's a brave thing to do in a film, and they just they just you know set their jaws and went for it, which I really really appreciate. So well, you might want to twiddle dials again. All right. So I suppose we're all still there. Keep twiddling those dials. The next password is porcelain. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night. We missed it. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time we've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how time flies when one's having fun. (laughs) 